This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. We'll talk about something else, uh, which is related to this war. We're talking about the guns versus butter model. You may have heard of it. It's an economic dilemma. Do you produce more defense goods or more civilian goods? During war, that dilemma disappears. Obviously, the focus is on guns, which means butter lags behind. Now, this is the case in Ukraine and Russia as well. Both countries are leading exporters of wheat. They make up 25% of world trade, and that supply is now at risk. The war has disrupted Ukraine's sowing season. Their ports have been besieged, and the result is this. We have a global food crisis. We're talking about a sharp increase in prices, possibly shortages. And to prevent this, we need replacements. New wheat must enter the market. The question is, where will this new produce come from? One option is India. India is the second largest wheat producer in the world. Average output, around 100 million tons per year. Compare that to Russia and Ukraine. Put together, their output was 104 million tons, around the same as India's. But on the exporters list, India is far behind. Russia is the number one exporter of wheat. Ukraine is number five, but India is number 18. What explains this gap? India's massive population. Russia and Ukraine have around 200 million people. India has 1.2 billion. That's six times more population. So naturally, India's output is consumed domestically. Only 1% of the wheat is exported, and that too within the neighborhood. Most of India's exports go to Bangladesh, Nepal and Sri Lanka. Having said that, India does have a wheat surplus. How much are we talking about? Around 24 million tons in government storage. And this wheat could be a game changer. It can stabilize the global market, plus bring in valuable foreign exchange for India. Even before the war, India's wheat exports were rising. In the last financial year, it was 2.1 million tons. This year, 6 million tons so far. So the quantity has certainly improved. The key is to push on from here to make Indian wheat competitive in the global market, if done right. This is a, there's a lot of money to be made here. Russia's wheat exports are worth $8 billion. Ukraine's is worth $3 billion. Put together, that's a market of more than $10 billion. And India is in pole position to cash in. The question is how? Yes, exports are rising. But are they diversifying? And that is the issue. Take a look at the biggest wheat ex importers in the world. Number one is Egypt. Then you have Turkey, Nigeria, Algeria, Morocco, Yemen. And these countries are all far away from India. At the same time, they're closer to Russia and Ukraine. So naturally, they never bought Indian wheat. Shipping costs were too high. But now they have no option, especially in Egypt. Egypt runs one of the biggest food programs in the world. They give subsidized bread to millions of people. The cost? $5.5 billion. India is already making moves to capture this market. On Monday, there was an important meeting in Dubai. Commerce Minister of India, Piyush Goel, met Egypt's food and distribution minister. Reports say they struck a deal. Egypt will soon start importing wheat from India, and it's a good start. But there are more deals to be struck. Indonesia, the Philippines, South Korea, Yemen, Nigeria, all of these countries are on India's radar. In the short run, they will buy Indian wheat because, like we said, they have no other option. But how can India retain these customers? By improving product quality, more certifications, more quality checks, more pest control mechanisms. If India can tick these boxes, it can make Indian wheat competitive, and the government is thinking along the same lines. They're planning to set up more agro labs. 
States are looking to increase output. Clearly, India sees the business opportunity here, but this transition is not going to happen overnight. It will take investments. It will take patience. It will take a sustained effort. The war in Ukraine has certainly been a catalyst. And why just we take any supply disruption in the last two years? Chances are India stepped in. 2020, India supplied medicines during the first wave of the Wuhan virus, antibiotics, hydroxychloroquine, all of it came from India. 2021, India stepped in to produce vaccines. Millions of made-in-India jabs are circulating all over the world, especially in the developing world. 2022, Indian steel makers are filling the global supply gap. Again, this is because of the war in Ukraine. Companies in West Asia and Europe are buying more steel from India. And these are just a few examples, but what do they all have in common? When in trouble, India has helped the world, whether it's wheat, steel, medicines, vaccines. Why is India able to do this? A, because it has the capacity. India has a massive labor force. With enough capital, it can become the focal point of the global supply chain. And B, transparency. Unlike China, India is a more trusted supply. No policy surprises, no political stigma, plus the world's largest democracy. It's a much safer bet for companies. So far, India has consistently risen to the occasion. It has stabilized supply chains. It has plugged the shortages, all the while caring for its 1.2 billion citizens. The next step will be crucial to shift from crisis supplier to consistent supplier.